What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That's David Lake. Early signing period, signing day, whatever you want to call it. Um, less than 24 hours away, depending on when you're listening to this. could be, you know, a couple hours away. David, are you, are you ready for the big, biggest day of the recruiting cycle? Yeah, man, I'm ready for it. It's all a big day. Um, you know, Miami has and, and you know, hopefully signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, but there is still, there's always drama, you know, 24 hours out. That's the case now. Let me get this out here on, on the front end, get it out of the way. You know, at Inside the U 24-7 Sports, we have an annual subscription deal going on uh, for $43. So if you want to cover, if you want to have uh, insider access to recruiting coverage over the next year, um, join today for $43. Bucks. Uh, not a bad deal. And there's always going to be drama and scoop and tidbits happening between the end of recording this podcast and through the end of signing day. So it's a good time to sign up and uh, let's jump into it. Yeah. Um, so Miami, as of Tuesday morning, has 20 prospects committed uh, heading into the signing period. Um, we've detailed at length just kind of the numbers situation. Miami just doesn't really have a lot of spots to work with, but there are some names in play. No name bigger than uh, top 24-7 quarterback Jake Garcia. He's a Los Angeles native that is playing his football in uh, Georgia. I reported on Sunday, so I don't, I, I can't even remember the last time we did a podcast. Maybe this was before or after, but he was in South Florida over the weekend um, toward the city, um, attended the game, and, and he's, he's the name to know for uh, Miami. Yeah, he's, he's the big the big domino that Miami's looking to, to fall in their favor on Wednesday. Um, you know, in my opinion, he is the guy that can make this class go from good to great. Um, definitely a good sign. He was, he was in the area on Saturday. Of course, you wish the results of that game were a little more uh, encouraging or could have sold the program a little better. Um, but I think there is this mantra, if you follow recruiting, right, uh, follow the visits. And, right. you know, during this time, you can't take official visits. You can't interact with coaches on unofficial visits face-to-face. -face. Um, so in a way, it does show that Miami is probably in a good spot with Jake Garcia if he decided to come down on his own dime over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, the rule of thumb is follow the visits. Um, and we'll see if that holds even more true in a in a cycle where the schools can't even pay for your visits. It's not like Jake came down um, and Miami paid for it and, and took him to all these restaurants and he was hosted. I mean, this took some planning on his end. I, I guess, David, are you a little concerned that he hasn't announced for Miami um, as of Tuesday morning? I mean, yes, but let me say that, like, let me put that within context of like, at this stage of, of the recruiting cycle, 
you're always concerned, uh, you know, down the stretch if, if guys aren't, you know, officially committed yet. Right. So uh, am, am I saying like, Oh, I don't expect Miami to land him. I'm not saying that I'm just saying, you know, clearly there's something holding him back uh, from making a commitment or, you know, if, if I wanted to spin it in a positive light, you know, maybe he just wants to do it on, on signing day, um, which is fair. Uh, but, but yes, I am a little, I'm a little wary, but again, maybe that's me just being paranoid. What do you think? So I wrote in the, in the war room on, on inside the U.com on Monday night, you know, Jake's mom came with him on the visit, which I think is extremely notable because mom had never been before. Now Jake had spent time at Miami, um, two times previously one time was for a spring practice I don't know who came with him on that trip it might have just been his quarterbacks coach and then on the second time when he came in through for Dan Enos dad was there um, and that was a multi-day stay but mom never came so I think that's that's an interesting tidbit that we kind of uncovered uh with that being said I do think that Maybe there's another mystery school that has been involved in this recruitment. I've had that. I've had that hunch, kind of for a while. Um, yeah. And I know Jake's been linked a bunch to Florida State, but to me, um, in the eleventh hour here, I, I think Arkansas might be the team to watch out for. I, I don't know why, um, but I'm just getting a, a hunch and a feeling that they are quietly, heavily involved. In this thing, which is which is why I mentioned. I mean, I mentioned that in, in the insider. We'll see how this plays out. I'm not saying, you know, Jake's going to Arkansas, but it seems like they, the Razorbacks, are more of a threat right now than Florida State, especially after Florida State took UCF graduate transfer McKenzie Milton. You were mentioning there is kind of a long. You, you mentioned this to me in a text. There's a long term relationship at Arkansas that that actually you know kind of ties into Miami, right? Explain yeah. that explain that <laughs> well I haven't, I haven't even written that yet but i mean we'll just we'll just put it out here um i in i was just kind of thinking and this all clicked in my head miami uh or i should say excuse me arkansas they have he's either he's an off the field staffer so i don't know if he's the director of recruiting or, or what or maybe personnel or what his title is but that individual is jesse stone uh and if miami fans remember that name Jesse Stone was the quality control coach on offense last year under Dan Enos. He came to Miami with Dan Enos, worked with Dan Enos. Um, and then obviously once Enos left, he he went and found a new job. And I think Jesse's actually from Arkansas. Um, but Jesse was very involved in Jake Garcia's recruitment pretty early on. So like when Jake came in through for Dan Enos, um, and hung out inside that that the indoor practice facility back in June of 2019. Like Jesse Stone was all I involved in that. Um, so something to think, keep in mind. Jesse Stone, I, I pulled it up. Uh, he is currently the director of personnel for offense for Arkansas. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so that that relationship is interesting, right? Um, and, and I think too, it's worth pointing out. 
you never know. Like, I don't really know Arkansas's roster, but you would assume maybe an appeal there would be the opportunity to play early, assuming Felipe Franks moves on after this year. Um, so maybe that would potentially be an edge with, with Arkansas. I mean, that, that could be there for Miami as well if Miami does not decide to pursue a transfer quarterback. Um, but yes, uh, on paper, it's a little bit of a head scratcher if it comes down to Miami and Arkansas. And maybe, you know, hopefully from a Miami perspective, the common sense, logical, you know, don't freak out at the last hour, uh, you know, line of thinking would be just, you know, Miami in so many ways is a better fit for Jake uh, than Arkansas. So, you know, I would be surprised if Miami was not the pick. But like I said, in the 11th hour at, at this time in recruiting, anything can happen. We always see it. Strange things happen. Um, so hopefully Manny Diaz and Rhett Lashley can, can close strong here. One other thing to note with Jake Garcia and, and the Arkansas situation, Razorbacks already have two quarterbacks committed um, in, in the class of 2021. So schools in the past have taken three. I think Arizona State did it two cycles ago. Uh, a bunch of those guys transferred out. Jaden Daniels is obviously the one that preserved or uh, persevered, I should say, excuse me. Um, but it's it's possible. Let's move on to the next guy to know. Uh, Jaden McBurrows, three-star cornerback out of St. Thomas Aquinas. David, we know Miami needs some cornerback help. Um, what do you think of him as a player? Yeah, I like him. Um you know, I've made it clear, I think, that I'm not a big, oh, corners have to be six foot, six foot one at the college level. I want guys that can just cover. And I, because I don't think co- the majority of college quarterbacks are good enough to exploit that, you know, three to five inch difference in height and length, uh, like NFL level quarterbacks are able to exploit. So Jaden McBurrows is a good coverage corner, he's aggressive. Uh, against the run he's a guy that you you say you feel like he is 510 right he's not shorter than 510 yeah there's some people that think he's like 58 that's that's not accurate so you know and and look I think coming from that program I'm always going to ride with St. Thomas Aquinas guys Um, so I think it would be a nice a nice addition to the class and frankly Manny Diaz you know he didn't mention him by name but it's pretty obvious he feels like they're going to add Jaden McBurrows here during the early signing period. So, um, you know, again, got to close strong and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So McBurrows committed to Michigan, um, committed sight unseen, did get a chance to get up to Ann Arbor or is the A2, they call it uh, a few weeks ago, I think for the Wisconsin game. Um, this one's close. I, I wrote that, I, you know, I don't have a crystal ball pick in. I, I know Miami feels Good. I just don't think that they've gotten any indication as to whether um, McBurrows will flip or not. So that's something to definitely monitor here over the next, you know, depending on when you're listening to this. I think this could go all through Wednesday. Uh, and, and with McBurrows, and this also applies to Jake Garcia, this is also such a weird cycle for them in, in, in most, most years. Like, there's no football going on right now. Both those guys are in the middle of deep state playoff runs. I think Jake's team is in the, the semifinals. And then St. Thomas Aquinas are playing for a state title this weekend up in Tallahassee. So um, really just kind of a lot going on. 
And that leads us into the next guy uh, we're going to bring up as well uh, as a name in play. Austin Barber, offensive tackle out of Jacksonville, Trinity Christian, a one-time Minnesota commit uh, who opened his recruitment back up. Sounded like Maryland was in there. Ole Miss, Mississippi State got involved. Um, then Miami offered late, and Miami is right in the thick of things. He's playing for a 3A state title on Wednesday. Doesn't sound like anything's going to happen on Wednesday in his recruitment. He This might stretch into February. Uh, I think that's there's a good chance that that happens. But that early signing period goes through Friday, so who knows? Uh, Miami would always have the opportunity or another school on Thursday or Friday to kind of get in there and, and talk him into signing some paperwork. If it does go until February with him, do you think that matters for Miami in terms of helping their chances, hurting their chances? What's your feeling on that? I want to say it would hurt, yeah. but I, I don't really think it matters. My concern if you're Miami is if Florida were to potentially get involved. He's a Jacksonville kid, you know, Gainesville's right down the road. I, I, I've heard some from, from Blake Alderman at Swamp 247. Uh, he told me that he remembers a couple of years ago when Barber camped at Florida and was really hoping to get an offer. It didn't come his way. So that's the only reason why I would be a little concerned if I was Miami. And, and just a fact, look, man, Austin Barber is a, uh, he has the prototypical size. He's, he's six, seven, um, 295 pounds leaned out uh, a little bit you know he was over that 300 pound mark and he can move really well his tape's good and and we have seen this every year since there's been an early signing period uh once that pool gets smaller and smaller everyone's looking for the same thing and, and offense alignment is normally at the top of the group and offense alignment with size and ones that are nasty like austin barber so i think if he waits until january or february um Ole Miss isn't just going to be the competition. Plenty of schools will get get involved. So those are kind of the the realistic guys, right? That that to, to know, um, you know, Wednesday through Friday with this early signing period, who are kind of the long shot guys um, that Miami's kind of hanging around with. But it would, you know, let's be real, it would be somewhat surprising if Miami did end up landing them. So there's four of them. And I'm just going to go through them real quick because I don't even want to spend much time on them. Uh, Mason Smith, the five-star defensive tackle. Seems like I always get asked about him. Uh, Miami will send him a national letter of intent, but he should be considered a, a major, major, major long shot. I think he's going to end up at LSU. And if it's not LSU, it's Georgia. Markevious Brown is the next one. He's a four-star corner out of Bradenton IMG Academy. I don't know. I think he's announcing at 3 p.m. I don't even know if it's on TV. Um, Miami was in that early on. If, if he's going to sign with the Hurricanes, it would take a, a, lo- a major reverse, of course, and a change of plans for the Hurricanes. I think he's all Ole Miss, especially with uncertainty about who's going to be the next head coach at Auburn. And Virginia Tech's been a straight mess over the past few days. So all, all signs point to him picking Ole Miss, and, and I think it's going to be a good finish for Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. Uh, another corner, Demarius McGee, top 247 kid out of the Pensacola area. I think he's probably going to end up at LSU as well. Miami's been in contact with mom, but all signs are, are the tea leaves suggest Ed Ordron's Tigers are going to win out. And then the last one, I'm sure you have a, an opinion on this, David. Uh, 
Terrence Lewis, he, he comes out with the final two on Monday, the, the, the five-star linebacker to Miami Central. It is Maryland and Tennessee. So um, I'd kind of been trying to make it known for a while that I think Miami was just going to go in a different direction, and it looks like Terrence Lewis is going to be leaving the state of Florida for college. Yeah, and look, as a player, as a straight-up prospect, I am a fan of Terrence Lewis. Uh, he's obviously good enough to be at Miami. I think he would certainly help Miami at the linebacker position. Um, but there are concerns there with, in terms of, you know, locker room culture. And he's, he has had some off the field issues, um, during his high school career. So Miami there, there's, and this goes on both sides, right? Like Terrence Lewis, there's something there where he, doesn't like Miami and Miami's kind of wary of, you know, what, what the Terrence Lewis experience uh, brings with it. So uh, both, both, both parties feel like it's best to, to not pursue coming together. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I respect it, but you know, it does hurt in some ways to see such a talented player leave the area um, and not necessarily go to a top, top, top tier program. Um, but again, that probably speaks to the off the field issues yeah. that Miami has always been wary of. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. So how do they finish? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, I can see going both ways. I, I can see Miami getting Jake Garcia. I can see them getting, Jada McBurrows, um, and then trying to add Austin Barber in February. But I also could see a scenario playing out where they don't get either one of those guys. And I, I think the odds of that Ugh. are sli- like on the lower side, but maybe it's paranoia uh, on my end kicking in. Um, but like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel confident as 9 a.m. On, on, on Tuesday that I'm going to say they're going to get both those guys. Let me ask you this if they add Jake and, Jaden, you know, do you consider this a successful signing day yes. or early signing period? Hundred percent. You get you get your quarterback. You get most likely your future starter at quarterback whenever that is. I'm not, you know, who knows if it's 2021 or 2022, uh, but you know, you land a top 50 quarterback prospect. Uh, that's big time. And, and even if he is the only one, they add during the early signing period. In my opinion, that's, that's a big deal. Let me, let me ask you this way. Do you feel like it is more likely, is it more likely they, they add both Jake Garcia and Jaden McBurrows, or is it more likely they don't add both Jake Garcia and Jaden McBurrows? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think they'll get one of them. <laughs> Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, we'll see. I mean, again, we're taping this Tuesday morning. I think we'll have more answers by the end of the day. Um, right. Yeah, that's just – that's again, take, take a look at the Jake Garcia situation. Like, all, all recruiting rules, it would make – it would be shocking, I think, if he, if he did end up at, at Miami. But, again, it's recruiting. Anything could happen. Um, and I think with a guy like McBurrows, man, he he probably knows it makes it makes a lot of sense for him to pick pick Miami. Um, but right. is he going to do that? Who knows? 
I would say if, so the question I posed to you, I would say, in my opinion, and look, you're obviously way more plugged in, but just from an outsider's view, right? It's, I would say it's more likely that they add both than they go 0 for 2. That's just my opinion. But again, I'm not saying they're definitely adding both. I'm just saying if those are my two possibilities, I would pick that they add both. Okay, let's take a quick break. On the other side, let's talk about some names that we think are still going to be in play come January or February. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, David, um, I guess let's start off with this. The 2020 recruiting cycles is, is weird, and I'm surprised no one has really kind of brought this up or written about it, uh, you know, the early signing period is going to go from, from Wednesday to Friday. Right. Right. And, and then there's going to be this, there would traditionally be a, a dead period. Um, right. And then things would open back up the first week of January, kids could take visits and then you would have your traditional signing day in February. Well, you know, everything has been a dead period since March. Um, so nothing is really going to change. Does, like, does that make sense? Uh, and yes. I, I'm just kind of surprised maybe more kids aren't just being like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to wait. Like, why do I have to, why do I have to sign now? Um, I'll, I'll just kind of keep taking my time and, and going through these zoom meetings and, and, and FaceTimes like I have been. So we'll see. I, I think there's been some notable kids out here over the past few days that have said, Hey, I'm going to wait, but I think there's going to be maybe some more talent available than in years prior now not like a ton um right. i think it was last year in, in the class of 2020 uh 80 of the fbs signees signed during the during the early signing period so you only had a pool of 20 kit or 20 percent for that second signing day and i think the year before that it was like 81 percent. so basically two in every 10 kids aren't aren't signing early maybe this year it's it's three out of ten right yeah, it'll still be a high percentage, I think, that sign early. Um, you know, we'll get into it, but I think, you know, obviously with, with Auburn moving on from Gus Malzahn, a lot of schools are going to be circling uh, 
you know, those Auburn commits and trying to convince them to not sign early. Right. Um, yeah. So let's get into that. Who are some of the guys Miami <laughs> might need to know there? Well, I'll just say this, like Auburn, you know, I, they were, they were setting up for like a really, really good finish. Um, right. it, it's kind of crazy. Cause I had to write something on the national side for, just the top commit in each class and Auburn only had 12 commits, but I could name five guys that they're in line to get in all five. I would consider pretty, pretty good dudes. So crazy. They fired Gus Malzahn. Um, but yes, two, two, two Auburn guys that seem like they're going to be on the market. Uh, one of them is, is a name. If you're a diehard Miami recruiting fan, you're probably familiar with Tavares Dawson. He is a, athlete out of the lehigh acres area so over on david's side of the state 10 5 8 kid in the 100 meter dash um i saw him play the season against st thomas aquinas he was awesome made plays on both sides of the ball i think auburn saw him as more of a receiver kind of like a anthony schwartz maybe type um some guy that they were just gonna get the ball to in space but miami and some other schools have always thought he is more of a defensive back and potentially a corner. Um, so he's, he's someone that Miami's interested in. I, I wrote on Monday night that Miami has made contact with him. And it sounds like right now he's going to wait until February to uh, make a decision and finalize things, which I think is the perfect situation for Miami because by, you know, by the end of the week, you're going to know whether or not you have Jada McBurrow's in, in kind of the counter situation of what you need to get out of the transfer portal. Yeah. And Tavares, you know, who knows what Miami's chances will be, right? Because let's say he waits, he will then uh, be elevated to one of the best prospects <laughs> left in the country. Right. So, you know, when the yeah. dust settles and let's say Alabama has a couple spots left or Clemson has a couple spots well, left. You just you mentioned know. the team to watch out for Clemson. Yeah. Right. So, and I think Dawson is that caliber, to be honest, like he, go watch his highlight, um, you know, listeners, and it is dynamic. It, it, he is making plays at quarterback, wide receiver, at corner. Um, to me, he is a big, 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 big time cornerback prospect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Miami needs to try to get in there. Miami needs to push. Um, but it, it's going to be a tough recruiting battle in my opinion. Um, I've always been a fan of him. I just think I, I'll say this. I, I think it'd be hard to take him, Malik Curtis and Jada McBurrows in the same class. Like you would have a pretty, a lot of guys on the smaller side, which is fine. Like I'm, I'm with you. You don't have, not every corner has to be six, two. Right. Uh, I just think, you know, you would be lacking some size in the secondary. Um, and hey, maybe that bumps Malik Curtis over to offense. Right. Um, you mentioned big boys getting involved with guys that remain on the market. That really speaks to this next one. Dante Balfour, he is at a Bradford High in Stark, Florida. Um, if you don't know where that is, it's, it's somewhere outside of Gainesville. Mm -hmm. This is a kid, I think I sent him to you like yeah. a month ago. And I was like, dude, this kid's a baller. How are... Yeah, he so he's a he's listed at six two. Um, I've heard he's closer to maybe six one. Two way player. He was a qualifier in the three hundred meter hurdles as a sophomore, and I should say a state qualifier, and in the triple jump. 
has 10 interceptions over the past two seasons, also like over a thousand yards of offense. And um, he was going to pick Auburn and then Auburn parted ways with their staff. I think he was kind of like a silent commit to them or maybe not a silent commit, but he was heavily, heavily leaning towards them. Uh, and now he's, he told me on, on, on Monday, he's not going to sign early. He's going to wait and, and see what happens not only at Auburn and just with everywhere else. Um, and I think it would make sense for Miami to get involved with him. I don't know if there's been any contact yet, uh, but you agree. I mean, like, yeah, his tape is, is pretty dang good. He's another guy that if he waits, he'll be elevated, right? For, for other schools. Well, to... well, LSU offered yesterday. So, yes. Yeah. So not a, again, not a good sign. But, you know, to that point, like if you're Miami, you got to win these battles. This is what it takes. If you're going to be a big time program, you got to go head to head, which they've done for, for a lot of the current guys that are committed. Um, but down the stretch, you know, Miami needs corners. And if they're going to add quality players there, they need to win some big time head to head battles and, and Balfour, you know, is going to be that type of guy too. Let me shoot this in here. Uh, cause I, I wrote this on the message board, uh, cause someone was just complaining about Miami, how, how they keep losing these, these battles for corners, because uh, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast or I was kind of saving it for the behind the scenes notes that I do every cycle, but Miami um, almost got top 27, top two, four, seven cornerback, Nate Wiggins, who is a kid out of Georgia. He was committed to LSU flipped over the weekend to Clemson. Miami finished second. They had been working that one behind the scenes, you know, trying to keep it a, a low key profile, but heard from multiple people, uh, including people in Wiggins camp that, that Miami finished second. Mm. And, you know, it stinks, right? It stinks because go back to last cycle, Miami finished second for Fred Davis. Um, right. So I, I guess, David, do you agree with me on, on this, on this thought? Like, yeah, it sucks that Miami is maybe losing some of these corner battles, but man, at least they're like going head to head with good schools. LSU, obviously if they, if they go after Dante Balfour or whatever, uh, Clemson. I mean, they're, they're in it on Tavares Dawson. Like at least Miami isn't settling and trying to flip, you know, group of five commits. Uh, they're, they're trying to get, yeah. win these battles. And I think that's the smart approach because man, if you don't get it, don't waste the counter, just go to the transfer portal. I agree with the approach, no doubt. Um, and, and yeah, it's good that they are trying to land legitimate players, but at the same time, you got to start winning the battles. You know, that's the issue. Like, um, at corner, they've been finishing second for, for a long time, right? Whether that's, I mean, you could argue they, they might've been running second for like Tyson Campbell, right. Or, or Josh Job, or, you know, earlier this cycle, Jason Marshall, um, eventually you got to break through and start landing one of these dudes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I don't want Miami settling for guys that don't belong at Miami, um, but again, this is, this is the difference between like, you want to catch Clemson, you got to start landing these yeah. caliber guys. And so that's, you know, at that position specifically, that's gotta be the, the goal. You gotta, you gotta find a way to do it. No, I mean, it's crazy. What do, people ask you all the time? Cause you're in the recruiting. How, how does Miami, you know, catch up with, with Clemson? And it's like, all right, we, we just named basically three battles that, Clemson right. wins. And then you could toss Marcus Tate into that equation, the, the offensive lineman. 
uh, it's just not funny, but like, you know, when you start connecting the dots, it's like, wow, this is, this is kind of not the issue, but you know, this is the difference. This is why Clemson is Clemson and, and Miami is a tier below them. Yeah. I mean, players, players over scheme. That's, that's how I view it. Right. So you, yeah. you got to stack, you got to stack the big, big, big time players on top of each other. And it's a numbers game. It's a probability game. The better, the, the more big time players you, you sign cycle after cycle, after cycle, you're going to hit on one or two of them and you're going to have a, a, a big time team. Uh, Clemson does that. So yeah, I mean, Miami needs to start winning these battles consistently, which again, they have done at, at other positions in this recruiting class, but at corner in particular, it's not happening. And, uh, you know, we got to keep it real. Like that's got to change. Um, I don't have this on the rundown, but before we get into just overall thoughts on the class real quick, uh, a bunch of quarterbacks in the transfer portal over the yeah. past few, I think, dude, someone said there was like 35 power five players that entered the transfer portal on Monday. Um, yeah. <laughs> any, any names, any names that stand out to you? I, I'm just asking because Mackenzie Milton, who was probably the best quarterback, right. uh, he, he picked Florida state. We don't know if Miami's going to go the grad transfer route, but anyone that kind of jumped out to you, I know that one kid that's at like some D three school, you're probably going to mention and don't even know his name. So sorry for, sorry for yeah. not preparing you. Bailey Zappi is his name. He's at Houston Baptist, right? Um, he's a guy that does have intriguing tools. Like you watch him play and he, the ball placement, the arm strength, uh, it is there. But yes, he plays at a very, at a low level. Um, he throws so, like 10,000 yards, right? Yeah, highly productive. He is, a, his skill set is extremely intriguing to me. Um, and then, you know, I think the other guy worth bringing up too is Charlie Brewer, the Baylor, former Baylor quarterback. You know, there is, he's, he's had an up and down career at Baylor, um, but he, he is productive. He's, I believe he's thrown for maybe 10,000 yards uh, during his college career. Um, so again, like, are these guys necessarily Derek King type impact guys? No. Um but are they guys that can be serviceable and steady the ship one more season and bridge a gap, hopefully, to Jake Garcia or Tyler Van Dyke? Yes. And you know where I stand on this by now. Like, I think a one-year transfer quarterback is the way to go in 2021. Um, and, and, yeah, more and more guys are, are entering the portal. And just in general, I keep coming back to this, but, like, all these guys flooding the portal – the NCAA is going to be forced to change their counter rule, in my opinion, because like, where are these guys going to go? Um, where are they going to be able to land? Because schools are filling up all their counters during the early signing period, which I think is smart. Like, don't hold spots open because I think if you know, everyone can kind of see like the NCAA is going to have to make a change here because the transfer portal is bringing on you know, somewhat unintended consequences. So it's going to be interesting in terms of how the counter situation is handled and, you know, what big time quarterbacks do enter. I'm not saying Miami should pursue him, but Duke quarterback Chase Bryce entered the portal and mm. he, he was at Duke just for one year, 
You know, he, he, the previous year he entered the portal to Duke. He's got one more year, you know, he's transferring again. So, um, you know, guys are going to take advantage of this transfer stuff. We're seeing programs like Louisville get hit hard by transfers. Um, and, and when you think about schools like that, like how are they going to be able to field a team next year? when they're limited to only taking in 25 scholarship guys this cycle. So it'll be interesting to see what changes come. Yeah, man. Tucker Gleason from Georgia tech. He's in the portal as well. (laughs) Tucker Gleason. Yeah. Stud. You know, I think, I think the guys who intrigue me the most right now would be this Houston Baptist guy, uh, the Charlie Brewer guy and probably temples, the temple guy, Anthony Russo. Has he, decided anywhere yet no so remember look, remember worked under D- dave feely for a little bit right and i'm not saying like all these guys are great and, and as good as dear king i'm not saying miami should push yet for any of them but those are the guys that at least pique my interest a little bit and maybe things should be explored after the early signing period or after dear king makes his final decision you know assuming he's going to leave so I do think more quarterbacks are going to enter though. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously it's just (laughs) how many are going to enter real quickly before we get out of here. I wrote these two things down overall thoughts on the class. um, I think you already touched on that, but this seems to be a popular question I get all the time. Like when I do radio hits or other podcasts. And so I want to hear your, your take on it. Who, who's the player that you think should, should see, the field first, like who are, who is going to be playing in 2021 for Miami? And you cannot use no cone Andre Borregales. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious. Um, you know, I do. And again, this goes against my rule of like expecting line of scrimmage players to be immediate impact freshmen. But I do think Leonard Taylor is a special defensive tackle. I think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to start right as a true freshman, but I think he's going to be in the rotation. I think he's going to be an impact player. I think he's special. And then the other guy I would mention is Brashard Smith. If he's able to enroll early, do we have clarity on that? Andrew are, you know, do you think he'll be able to enroll early the slot wide receiver? Um, don't know. I also know another school is pushing hard for him here in the 11th hour. So check the site for that. Um, but I do agree. Like, He's, he's someone that could uh, see the field. Now, n- not trying to cause p- panic, but Miami is having to battle to hold on to him. Okay. I think he's a dynamic player for this offense. He would have a chance to be an immediate impact guy. Okay. No, no Elijah Arroyo, the tight end out of Texas? I mean, to me, it depends, you know, I guess we're assuming uh, Brevin moves on, right? If Will comes no. back. No. So here, here, here's my take. I think even if Brevin comes back, Elijah Royal gets snaps. Really? I mean, yeah, I am a fan. I just, I mean, how do you play three tight ends though? That's my, that's where I come with it. Oh, well, Dominic Mamorelli's gotten some run this season. Yeah, I know that's due to, due to injury, but just saying, I think Elijah is pretty good. Oh, he's very good. I'm, I'm very high on him. So he would be your pick, Elijah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe one of these guys in the return game. I don't know if it's going to be Malik Curtis. Um, right. But I would take Malik Curtis, 
Brashard Smith. Um, Even Jacoby does returns. Yeah, he muffed one I saw on like I went I went right. to see him on a Monday night. So you get crossed off my list. And then I would just have Lou Headley. I would just be like, hey, this is Lou Headley. Um, you're gonna spend the next three months from him shagging balls for him every day, right. and then just get get to the point. You know, I don't know. You get to get an air horn in the kid's face, make him do it in a driving <laughs> rainstorm. But I, I would just be like, you are our returner and just go from there. I agree. I agree. I mean, that's part of the reason why I said Brashard Smith. I think he could be a returner as well. well he hasn't muffed one yet, so I haven't eliminated him from my from my list. <laughs> um, or I haven't seen him muff one, I should say. Most underrated recruit of the bunch. I'm going to go Chase Smith. The uh Oof. The athlete slash striker. Um, I just think he has a lot of traits that are intriguing to develop. He's extremely long at six foot three. He plays both sides of the ball and makes plays on both sides of the ball at receiver and on defense. I think he's a guy that's going to blow up in a weight program at the college level. And he has good bloodlines. His dad is Willie Smith. Uh, you know, productive tight end for the Hurricanes back in the 80s. So, um, and I think he comes from an area that kind of gets overlooked too. He's from the Melbourne area. So Space Coast. I think uh, I'll go with Chase Smith here. Hmm. It's a good one. It's a good one, good one, good one. Um, I'm going to toss out an answer I've used in the past. Alan Hay. Like, Interesting. Well, a lot of people want to, I've labeled him as some kid that Miami could drop or, or whatnot, but I think a lot of people forget he's only played like two years of football. Um, he's Miami's second rate, lowest rated commit uh, behind Andre Borgales. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think he, you know, two, three years from now could be a, a solid contributing player. And I think if you're getting that out of the back end of your class, then you've, you've hit. Um, yeah. And if you go up and down Miami's commit lists, some of the best players oftentimes are guys at the bottom half and like Greg Russo in, 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 in 2018. And that's a, that's a scouting miss on our end. Um, but I'm just saying not, it's not always that the, the blue chippers are the ones that pan out. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'll have to admit, I, I haven't seen Hay in person. So I trust your evaluation on that. And that's an interesting answer. Uh. Trying to keep it interesting. All right, so stay locked to the site, um, and I'm sure we will have plenty of stuff over the next uh, – we, we'll do a podcast on Thursday or, or something. Yeah, we'll do a recap Thursday, hopefully good news only. Um, yeah. You know, good vibes only. Hopefully Miami has a good sighting day. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, later. Later. Later.